What gives you the right? Well, I am a ticking time bomb of fury. This can't be happening, man. This isn't happening. You could see it. Well, what if there is no tomorrow? So stop melting, ladies, because the boy is hotter than hot. I'm the best chance you've got. All right, welcome to the D program. This is the first episode, inaugural uh, takeoff. It's perfect. <laughs> this is our first, tr- fourth try at this intro, and uh, I keep stopping it, but this time we're just rolling with it. No matter what. No matter what. So, this is a podcast from the sinking ship that is post modernity. We're. Um, Coming off a pretty rough year, starting into a pretty rough year, uh, and I'm here with my co-host Shannon. Hello. And here with the buddy pass, the guest spot, Mike. Hey there. So, uh, just real quick, Shannon, what? Just give us a quick intro to you. Just a quick one. Nothing crazy. Well, that's kind of difficult. Well, for the most part, I am married to Dexter. I have two children, and I stay home with them, so that takes up most of my time. I also am in grad school, and I'm studying linguistics. And between that, I have it pretty much keeps me busy. Mike, you got a quick intro? Uh, what yeah. do the people need to know? You know, I'm Mike. I am uh, living in Amarillo. I'm a friend of these two. And uh, I am not uh, Milky. <laughs> That's I didn't even have Milky on this one. Shit. We call him Milky Mike. Milky Mike is For what he's... Literally my, no reason. I don't know why. I, whenever I first met Mike, which was probably coming up on eight years ago. Something like that, yeah. Maybe more. Probably eight. Around there. How anyway, I don't know why I put him yeah. in my phone as Milky Mike. It just happened. And just so kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's just what he's been from from then till now, forever. So, anyway, um, I'm I'm Dexter. I'm the host. Uh, married to Shannon. I am a firefighter. Been on the fire department here in Amarillo for eleven years. Uh, former host of the Panhandle Primate Podcast, which we ended to morph into this. We were trying to morph that. We were trying to evolve it and change it into something. And we finally just decided, let's just, we're starting a new podcast, which we kind of were doing anyway. So, uh, this is the first episode of that new podcast. Shannon, what, uh, do a quick, uh, rundown of what you think this podcast is going to be. Wow. Well, I feel like that's a lot. Um, I think to transition, the Panhandle Primate was focused on a lot of interviews and, um, Dexter kind of being the interviewer. This podcast is now less about interviewing people and more just diving into deep conversations, thoughts, uh, Dexter a little bit more open, less behind the mic, so to speak, and more up front with just thoughts. And I don't mean to make that sound super serious because it won't be a super serious podcast. Um, but I really just feel like it'll be diving into conversation and talking and who knows where that will lead. Well, and that was kind of the, the point of the last podcast was we were, I was just wanting to get in conversations with people. So I was having people that I thought were interesting on, but I didn't know how to facilitate a conversation without making it a interview. Because most of the people I didn't know, I just for whatever reason, thought they were interesting and wanted to have them on. So um, this will be a little bit of a different format, more conversation forward, less uh, inquisitive, I guess, maybe would be the word. Uh, Mike, what do you think? You got anything on the uh, on what you think this podcast is going to be? Or what you would like it to be. Like, Is there <laughs> anything you want to see or change or... Uh, thoughts hmm. seeing as this is the first show and i was told nothing about it before i came over <laughs> i do not know what it's going to be about so i'm just excited as, as uh, you are the uh, listeners that is 
And what I'd like to see is uh, just, you know, more mic time, you know? Like Mike on a mic? Mike on a mic. <laughs> Mike on a mic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what you guys do with it. I think um, uh, this is more your format, you know? So I'm excited. All right. Well, now I'm going to dive in and say what I think the show is going to be. So the goal of this show is to start conversations. I believe we live in a cluttery culture. Um, our four bearers, I got written down, were hoarders, and now we are left to clean up the mess. Not necessarily their mess, but the mess. Um, and what do I mean by mess is we're kind of inhibiting or uh, inhabiting a culture that is indulgent, unsustainably unsustainable in the consumption in the way we consume and uh largely delirious and delusional you got anything for that shannon um i mean i completely agree so okay well earlier whenever well, i was ex- i think you changed it since you talked about it earlier slightly I didn't know exactly what you meant by like forebears. Do you mean like the generations before us? So what I mean by forebears is bears. We are um, we are we have been handed down a culture with a whole lot of different things that go into that. Uh, so f- as far as art, uh, movements, modes of thinking, philosophies beliefs religions institutions my issue always comes from placing the blame on other people and not that that's exactly what you're doing but i am never okay with saying oh well it was the people before us they're the problem and now we're here to fix and see it. no let's take responsibility for our own what i'm meaning issues that we have caused i don't necessarily think that everything is a problem or bad some of the stuff is very good uh for instance forms of government that have been very productive and produced a lot of things uh rockets you know that's that's something that's been handed down to us now there is a positive side of it where we can shoot stuff into space and a negative side of it where we can where we can shoot stuff into space yeah yeah and leave it and <laughs> it becomes space garbage yeah but there's plenty you know, of space up there oh okay. you know how many dead dogs and monkeys there are in space Really? Yeah, that t- that's that. who went first. You know how many dead dogs and monkeys there are in Amarillo? Yeah. Well, maybe not monkeys. Yeah, but... how many dead monkeys are I there in Amarillo? I bet you would be surprised. Well, after they left the zoo, yeah. No. The place is a shit zoo. No, you can buy stuff. Hey, I like our zoo. It's a nice zoo. It it's is not, pretty it's nice. It's not sad at all, especially during Christmas with the lights. Every zoo, every zoo is sad, though. San Diego Zoo is very nice. It is very nice. Um... I don't know. I mean, all zoos are sad. That's what I'm saying. Is but, I mean, it, that one was very nice. Well, but there are a lot of zoos, and I, I mean, I don't know how many or if this is all of them, that they take in either herd or, like, rescue animals that can't live in the wild. Sanctuaries. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of zoos do that. Cool. That, that is a whole other topic. But, see, but that's right. that's kind of what I'm meaning is, like, yes, we're, handed, we're handed down a, a bunch of things, even like zoos, where it's like, what do we do with that? You know, I grew up going to the zoo. I've grown up eating meat from factory farms. I've grown up in a culture that just by existing in the culture, I'm participating in things that are actually horrible in in an essence. You know, I mean, things that... Well, I think it's things that we don't understand. I don't think that everything we do is horrible. But I think it is good for everyone to question why it is the way we do things. So that way you know why you're doing the, the things that you do. At least be conscious yeah. about that. And at least be aware of what you're doing mm. and why. Not that everything you're doing is awful. But hey, why do you do these things? Is it simply because it was handed down to you? Or because you have made an active decision to participate in these things? Or you're lazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't condone that. No, I'm but, just giving another reason. Yeah, there's there's that. So, uh, to progress from there, um, 
there's a person named Graham Hancock. Do you know who he is, Mike or Shannon? Shannon knows. Just I know, yeah, from you talking about him a lot. But he has a saying where he always says it that we're a species that is living with amnesia. So we have. You remember? You remember? I remember. I remember. The um, member berries. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Uh, but so we as a culture are we are what? As of this recording on this date, there's a new South Park episode coming out tonight. That's why I gasped. Oh, <laughs> just to make. We only really had a couple of seasons where we well, watched it. Well, then we it. had kids that got old enough to take in things, mm. and we had to be careful when we watched it. Well, and we right started now they're only less. making like specials. Oh, like so, like I think that's what they're gonna do from now on. They're not making any more seasons. Like they made a pandemic special back in December, right? And I don't. I think this one. I'm not sure what I this, think one's this one's about. Vaccine. This I've, one is I've vaccine. Yeah, the commercials. Yeah. I do. I just want to watch it because they uh, were funny. They're, they are funny. They're very and they're very talented. They made those shows six in six yeah. days. They would. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, super crazy. Um, but so, oh man, where was I even? Cultural am- amnesia. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, as a culture, we have forgotten our humble roots, and now we are very. Uh, we suffer from hubris as well. Mike's throwing his phone on the ground. Only worse thing than not silencing your phone is spiking it on the ground in the middle of a room. Well, I'm upset with what you said. Sorry. <laughs> About what? No, that's a joke. Oh. It's just too clumsy. That was funny. So. Good joke. Yeah. We suffer from hubris as a culture, especially. We are um, flying too close to the sun in many regards. And... Uh, we believe that we are at the pinnacle of progression and advancement and probably success. At this point, Shannon was going to insert a uh, stock analogy. Oh, because you had mentioned earlier, you'll have to remind me exactly what you said, but you said that our culture is like a stock that we think it will only go up right. or something well, we, to that so extent. The, the whole, one of the f- basis is base I for the economic system that we operate on, even how we operate with our life is that it's going to continue to get better. Things are going to continue to get cheaper. Things are going to continue to improve. So it's a continual up tick. Yeah, which is funny because there's kind of like a saying in the stock world, you know, like stocks only go up, which is overall not true. Definitely. But it's also, I was interested in that analogy because like in the stock market the quicker something trends upward typically the the quicker it's also going to come down if it spikes up it will spike right back down you typically want slow steady movements up so i just thought it was funny that i feel like we have spiked upwards in our culture you know like um if we even think about my grandmother like i've talked to dexter about this before if i think about my grandmother and what she was buying. I mean, not milk, much. Milk in a glass jar. Yeah, maybe a pair of shoes. Maybe a new coat. Once a year. Yeah. Once a year, maybe. And then I look at my closet and what I have. And it's like, that was just... Well, even... I yeah, mean, I remember not that long ago. I had a conversation with your granddad last time we were down at the farm. And he was talking about how they got like a piece of candy. Like a peppermint. Twice a year. Yeah. Like, it was super special to get a piece of candy. It was super rare, and it was like, it wasn't just, hey, don't be a don't be a bad kid, and you don't get candy. It was like, you don't have an option of getting candy. They didn't have enough money for it. It was like, no, it's this or chicken, yeah. you know? So, yeah, and I just think that happened. I mean, that's a big shift in a very relatively short amount of time. And I think we forget that it hasn't always been the way it is now. A kid his age, when he was, he had the realization in his mind that he didn't get a piece of candy every time he wants it. That same age kid now cries hysterically if you take away their tablet. <laughs> you know? It's it's such a radical well, shit. even, um, I mean, even in the grocery store, if it's with me, you're checking out and there's this whole thing of candy no, right next to it. He's out. like, can I have it? Can I have it? That's what it's there you for. Know? Oh, I know. Yeah. But it's just now it's so accessible. It's, it's the, everywhere. It's like the same thing as um, those magazines. 
You yeah. Know, like for. Hey, I do like to flip through the recipes. Well, I'm talking about like the. Um... Excuse me. Um, you sound like you're standing in the corner. I, I wasn't nope, in the corner, he puts guys. Mike in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, call me baby. Um, uh, but no, it's what are those what are the, tabloid? It's for like oh, it's like tabloids, it's like yeah. but for adults, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like crack. It, that they just yeah. sit right there like I just oh, need I've to read. Shannon's <laughs> like I look at the recipes. I've never looked at a oh. recipe in there. Oh, the, not in the tabloids, but like no, in the Rachel no. Ray magazine that's sitting right next to you as you're checking uh, out. Might as well be a tabloid. She has good recipes. She's got good recipes. So this last year, 2020, revealed our vulnerabilities as a culture. It, uh, and we failed the stress test, so to speak. Do y'all know what a stress test is? No, go over it. So I feel it's like, like I've heard it, but I don't remember. Uh, an old person is having trouble with their heart or they're passing out or they're this and that. So what happens is they uh, put the person into a position where they stress their system so that they can see what fails, so that they can see what is wrong with their heart or their body, you know, so that they can diagnose it so this Seems last like there's got to be a better way to do that i mean not yet I, but you know what i mean like let's push your body to see what's well, wrong i mean with that's it. the problem is somebody will have a symptom of something uh-huh. and then when they go in the symptom's not there mm-hmm. because the the thing that was causing the symptom is not happening mm-hmm. like allergic reactions they give right. you everything to see what you react right to. yeah they like scratch your back or yeah. whatever and try to see but so this last year, 2020, revealed some obvious vulnerabilities in our culture, in our world. Uh, some of the – so it, as a world, it showed some of our vulnerabilities as a country, uh, as a city, and I think personally. I've talked to a lot of people who – almost everybody that, that had a really rough time with 2020, even though not that much changed – other than not being able to get toilet paper and... And leave your house. Not being able to leave your house. Some people lost their job, but there was unemployment. There was all of these... I mean, there were a lot of people who struggled. In Amarillo, Texas, I feel like we were a little more comfortable. Well, and a lot of people got sick, you know, but... A lot of people were home with people they shouldn't have been home with as much. Yeah. Right. So don't... I mean, well, I see, that's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying yeah. is... Is it showed all of these different levels yeah. of trouble? So right, I mean, there was people who even staying home isn't very safe for a lot of people. Yeah, some people realize that they don't live in a safe home, or that they don't like the people that they live with, or that their community that of people that were around them was completely fragile. You know, there were some good things too, no doubt. Not to not to count that out, but I think as a whole. Um, we were shown vulnerabilities. Some of the vulnerabilities, to be specific, were as like surge capacity, right? Uh, toilet paper ran out. Why? Because there was a surge on toilet paper. Everybody thought they needed it right then. So it was off the shelves. Um, hospitals, hospital capacity, right? That the whole thing with flatten the curve was that they couldn't, they didn't think that they could handle that many patients. Uh, coming in at the same time so it was a surge capacity we showed that we had economic stability was a big problem uh markets crashed they rebounded uh huge stimulus checks several uh, huge several huge checks. stimulus checks I'm about to get our next one too yeah, yeah next yeah, one's coming like by the end of the month Ooh, y'all are gonna trying. get I didn't come here to do math. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get $5,600. Wow, good math, Mike. Yeah, well, and seeing the problem, like it's it's money that they're borrowing against our kids. Yeah. Yeah. So even, so all, all of the economic stability that we're being offered in the moment is at a huge cost. It's not, it's not, they're not fixing any problems. They're just delaying and compounding the problems in a large way. I mean, it, there's a lot of economists that don't understand how the system is currently progressing. There's also a lot of economists who do and who are saying this mm. may be good short term, but it's not good long term. I mean, there's it's kinda, a lot. Of- it's kind of like, um, is it kind of correlating 
to like the housing boom and stuff, like everybody doing that, giving all that money at that time. I mean, I guess that was corporations making money. Towards your mouth. Why do you keep pointing the mic? I don't. I'm sorry. But is it kind of like that? Like messing, you know, kind of like boosting the economy and then not being able to fix it. Yeah, it's boosting the economy. Yes. Air quotes. Yes. It's it's a um, it's like uh, one of the ways to think of it is the Fast and the Furious. Paul Wall or what was his name? Paul Walker. Not the rapper. Not the rapper. Not the Paul people's Wall. champ? No. Paul Wall, the people's but, champ? Yeah. Paul Walker, right? He's in his little green car and they're racing and he pushes the button. Right? N- nitrous. And it it fires his car faster, but if he holds the button too long, it blows up his motor, right? Yeah. That is exactly what is happening with our economy. And what they're doing is they're like, okay, let's let's give it this little boost. We'll get back in the race, right? But if you continue to do that too long, it, it you can't do it forever, you know? And it's going to cause uh, irreplaceable damage, irreversible damage. Irreparable. Irreparable damage, yeah. Irreparable, that's a good word yeah. for it. So, anyway, um, all that to say that 2020 has shown us some vulnerabilities. 2020 sucked. 2020 was rough. But it had some really good memes. Yeah, great memes. It was amazing for meme culture. Yeah. And 2020... It's even better for meme culture. 2021 has not uh, gone super well so far either. Uh, So all of this to say that uh, maybe reimagining the future starts with remembering the past. Yeah. So this is kind of the um, point of this episode... Uh, what's up? Well, I was just going to say, I think also just, um, in addition to everything you're saying, I think part of what this podcast wants to do and like what this conversation is also, I think getting at is just the importance of conversation, which you mentioned at the beginning, but I think 2020 also highlighted, um, not from coronavirus specifically, but just highlighted the fact that people don't have conversations as much anymore because we're so afraid of like disagreeing with someone that we don't have conversations because if someone disagrees with you, that's the end of the world. And that's not at all how it should be. Right? Like we should be able to talk. I don't completely 100% agree with any of my friends and that's okay. That's a good thing. That's how progress happens by having healthy conversations and debates about things. So, like, I think even our, like, this conversation, I think there's a lot of people who stay away from societal talk, cultural talk, or whatnot, because there's no way we can all agree, and that's okay. So, just even if listeners don't agree with everything we're saying, that's perfectly fine. Like, engage us in conversation. Engage us on Facebook or wherever you have So, your you're sites. jumping to the outro Oh, well, I did not mean to. We will loop back around later. (laughs) My bad. Anyway, so... Engaging conversation. That was all I was getting at. Yeah, you're jumping the gun, babe. I did not know that. I prompted you on the the layout of the podcast. I don't remember that. Anyway. I was cooking dinner. So maybe reimagining the future starts with remembering the past. So I have a quick lesson from the fire service. This is a parallel for the current culture. Uh, One of the things that I've always thought about the fire service is that it is a microcosm of the culture uh, as at large, you know, the, the the larger movements throughout the culture, you kind of see them hyper, what would the term be? Like they're Uh, not hyper vigilant, but hyper, um, like they're made, um, hypersensitive. Yeah. Like you see like cell phones, for instance. Whenever I first got hired on, you had to. I kept my cell phone in my locker. Like if anybody saw me with my cell phone, even just in my hand, they would yell at me. And now I walk into the club room and like 90% of the people in there are on their phones. Do you feel that fire departments all over the country are similar or that they differ vastly from like location to location i think maybe fire departments all over the world are similar they have a similar vibe yeah i think so well yeah it's it's uh it's kind of uh what would the term be universal you know like i think that some of the tropes that exhibit themselves 
Uh, I, now, maybe this is only Western-type cultures that it would be. But, I mean, I'm sure you go into any firehouse anywhere in the world, and most of them are going to be on their phones, probably on the same app. In recliners. On Facebook. In recliners, yeah. yeah. Anywho, let's, cra- let's, let's crack into this uh, a lesson from the fire service. So whenever I was first hired on in 2009 – there were a group of people called old timers, and these were guys who were at the end of their career. And when you say old timers, that's like people who were what, like late forties, early fifties. Yes. Yeah. So actually, yes. Yeah, and it's probably people who spent their whole career there. Um, most or at of least them are able to the retire. Latest, the latest you can get hired onto the fire department is thirty-five. Like the president. Is that no? Yeah. Excuse me, that's as old as you have to at least be yeah, 35. You have to at least be yeah. 35. Same, no, this same is age, like, different role. This is, uh, it's a civil service thing, but you get cut off. You can no longer get hired into a civil service fire department if you're older than 35 years old. So, whenever I first got hired on, there was this group of guys that were all at the end of their career. They would tell stories from the early fire, from their early years in the fire service. It was interesting to contrast it with where we currently were whenever I got hired on, right? Most of the time, they would be telling these stories like, back in my day, you know, whenever I got hired on. And so one of the things was the SCBA, which is the air uh, apparatus that we breathe out of, the uh, air packs, masks. Uh, Those were getting introduced. So a lot of these guys were the youngest on the truck so the guys would the older guys would say okay you get the air pack is that was that like a a thing that we're we've been here we don't need it or like a thing like you know this is the they didn't believe in it so the fire service the fire service is very slow to adopt change into the culture well i mean like for the guys the old timers they were just like we don't. They were they thinking we don't need it, or were they thinking our lungs are already screwed after no, thirty they years? Were, they were thinking we don't need it. It's, yeah, like, okay. This is something that's just going to slow us down. Yeah. Or, or they weren't. Uh, they weren't giving it to the young guy to be nice. No, they were making it because they only had one, and someone had to wear it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, they turned out to be a nice thing. Oh yeah. No, I mean <laughs> now I couldn't imagine not having an airplane. Mm. But so anyway, they the tactics of those days fit the equipment. So they didn't have radio. Well, they might have had radios. I don't think they had radios. They didn't have a lot of the modern things that we have on fire scenes, like uh, the incident command system. And there's just different things that not even are physical technology, but some of them are software. A lot of the tactics and how they fought fire was dependent upon the technology, the technological uh, advances at the time. Yeah. So they they didn't have air packs. Well, they also didn't have bunker gear. They had like trench coat jackets and like day boots, like boots literally that would come up to your hips. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't a sealed unit. So they couldn't uh, endure the same types of heat that we could endure. Anyway, so whenever I first got hired on, we employed this tactic called positive pressure ventilation, where they would set up a front, a fan uh, that would blow air into the front door. It would blow into the house, not out of the house. Into the house. Okay. So the whole concept was you would break a window out in the fire room, and you would set up a fan in the front door, and then you would push uh, all of that out of the window. And the the term they would use is called bubble. They would say you would be in this bubble of fresh air, where I guess they could breathe and actually feel good enough. No, to no, fight no. The you fire. would, you would. This was at. This was when I got hired on. Oh, so okay. we had SCBA. So you were doing this we had tactic gear. when you got hired. Yes. On. Okay. Yes. So we made interior fire attacks. That's all we did. And did that work? No, it did not work. Um, I never. All of the fires that I ever fought never had positive pressure ventilation adequately set up. So. We would go in and it would be really hot and you would spray water. You would cool it off as you went into the fire, you know, and a lot of the times the fire would be venting out of a window. So you would see fire, but you would not go and put water on that fire. Well, now we have flip flopped it. We do a transitional attack. So if you see fire coming out of a window, 
you go over to that window and you spray water into that window until you no longer see fire. And once it's adequately reset, you go in and fight the fire from the inside. What is funny is before one of these old timers retired, he was an officer that I had, uh, I guess I was maybe a year and a half on the job, and they introduced this study. We had to all sit through it. It was a class. Everybody complained about it. But we had to sit through this long class and watch these videos of these studies that they had done about how transitional attacks were more efficient and better. Anyway, at the time he told me, you know, whenever I was a driver, I would pull the truck, pull the truck in scene. So all the guys are getting ready to go in to fight the fire. Mm -hmm. And I would pull the, the hose line for them and get it charged. And if there was fire going, I would go over and I would spray it from the window while they're getting ready. And he said, he made the comment, I put out way more fire as a driver than I ever did as a hoseman. Yeah. And so it was funny because what he was intuitively doing, how he was intuitively fighting a fire, was actually the best way to fight a fire. For a long time, there was this concept that you had to follow the science, listen to the science, they were using these lo- large technological advancements and technological developments. Uh, they were factoring those into the tactics. And so instead of fighting the fire the most efficient way, they were fighting the fire the way that the ta- or like the technical uh, aspects allowed them to fi- or allowed us yeah. to fight the fire, right? Th- that sounds like to me, and you tell me if I'm wrong or not, that like um what they call those guys? Sounds like well, that'd be the best way for the bucket brigade to do it. You well, know what I mean? Like whenever they didn't have fire departments and they just used a line of people with buckets. So that's the thing is there was... Like you fight it as fast as you can. There was... Just throw the water on yeah. when you can. There were several advancements in the fire service. And it was originally a private organization. Then it became a public organization. Then the NFPA came in and started putting in all these regulations and now it's a pretty standardized process. So everything goes through these standardized procedures. And based off of what they're saying, we do. And so it's not as intuitive as you would think. Like, for instance, I just if you gave me 10 guys off the street and didn't put them in any bunker gear at all and put them in front of a house that was on fire with a hose line... Yeah. They would probably be able to put it out. They would probably execute a perfect transitional attack, yeah. because they would say, "Grab the hose, spray the spray the water on the fire yeah. until we need to go inside, right?" And then they would stay out of the smoke because they didn't have SCBAs yeah. on. You know what? So the technology that y'all had was prohibiting y'all from doing a better technique. Well, it was that and the rules. Well. I mean, the, I think that the technology that we had was allowing us to do techniques. That y'all didn't need to do? That we didn't necessarily need to do. Okay. I was just trying to clarify. Not to say that there's not a, that there's not a time and a place yeah. to make an interior. But they, they all only, of them needed yeah. to be like Right. It, it's very dependent upon the situation, uh-huh. right? So instead of pulling up to the situation and assessing the house, assessing the fire that we currently had... So let me jump back down into my notes. So instead of reverting to the natural way, the intuitive way of fighting the fire, we would see, which which is, see the fire, put water on the fire, right? That's the intuitive thing. What we were doing is we were, um, we were charging forward. It was a more of a don't think, uh, execute this, standardized procedure. It's just like go through the, the list of things you had to do. A and, checklist. And, a, and supposedly in a perfect fire, air quotes, that you should be done by the time you get to the end of that list. So it was a race mentality. Yeah. It was like, let's check these boxes. Is that with like every, it was or excuse me, was that with like every fire or just with the ones that you, I mean, I don't know how many people you've actually pulled out versus, you know, is that like any, is that like just a fire in an empty house or is so it like I've, a fire? I've personally, with... I've personally never pulled out a living person yeah, from uh-huh. a fire, but animals. The, 
Um, no, only dead animals. Mm. But so that's so, and that's, that's th- see, this is yeah. this is what's hard. This is what's hard about the whole thing. Is well, and what circles back to my ori- my eventual point is sometimes the best thing for the person inside the fire is to put water on the fire from the outside. Yeah, because right? they're it's, in a room that's maybe not be on fire versus trying to get them out through the whole house that's on fire. And there's a lot of technical aspects that go into this with ventilation profiles and flow paths and uh, growth rates of fires and all this just different stuff that is not necessarily applicable to this conversation. So what do you all do now? So what we do now... Like, did it officially change? It has officially changed. What we officially do now is a transitional attack, which is if you see fire, your first move is to get into a position where you spray water into the fire room and try to reset the fire. And did someone just notice in the fire department that the original plan or tactic was not working? So it... it, Was that a slow process? A huge... Like I said, this study came out, right? And so the study came out a few years before the official change for the fire department. But we were then allowed to do a transitional attack when the study came out. They said, okay, look, if you're getting ready to go into a fire and you see, which this ended up happening for me on a fire um, maybe two, three weeks. Actually, the officer I was talking about, it was one of his last fires before he retired. But I was standing at the front door, ready to go in. Positive pressure ventilation had not been properly set up yet. But there's fire rolling out of this window, and I had a charged hose line. I walked down the side of the house, sprayed water in the room until we were ready to go in the front door. And most of the fire was put out before we went in, just by spraying water through through the window. And this was before it was an official change for the for the department, but we had gone through the class. Uh, now it's an official change. It's if you see the fire, you put the water on the fire from the outside. It's, it's changed. And for the potential survivability for the patient inside or yeah. the, the occupant inside, it actually goes up, right? If we take the heat away from the, yeah. the fire. Well, I mean, uh, I guess I don't, I can't remember the word. You'll know it exactly, but it's, su- they're suffocating. Yeah, like, no, I mean, it's asphyxiation. Is there, what, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, that's what kills yeah. most people in the fires. So if you can put that smoke out, then maybe they have a chance, maybe some smoke in their lungs. Right, and, and see, that's the thing is it's all about moving efficiently, which mm. was the point behind the race mentality. Yeah. What that The point is every single fireman, eat, and not to... Uh, be bad on the guys back in the day. They were trying they to were figure. They were doing what they thought they could. Right. Everybody what they sh- thought was right. With the information that they were giving, with the technology that yeah. they're given, and with the guys that they're given, they're saying, what is the most efficient way to save these people, right? That that changes over time. Well, I mean, look at smoking. Right. I mean. Doctors used to say it was good for you. Yeah. No big deal, right? I mean, yeah. So it changes as we get more information. So... All that to say... Different times, different tactics. Different times, different tactics. But we always... This is... All of this, the whole point was to say, we have to reimagine the present by returning to first principles. And I think like reassessing the situation as we get more knowledge. I think we should always be reassessing what we know and what we think we know. Right. The whole goal is you don't want to... Just because you get a new toy... Uh, or a new technology, forget what was important before you had the technology. Yeah, you know, this whole time you've been talking, that is, and you've said it, but just not in those words. It's a uh, what's that saying? If you fail to remember the past, you're doomed to repeat it. Right. Yeah. So it's. I mean, unfortunately, we're seeing that now more than ever. Right. And, and when you talking about that, it's trickle down. It's everywhere. Right. Yeah. Well, and see that so that's that's what my the the whole lesson that I was trying to disseminate through that little monologue or whatever it was. Sometimes you can get so focused on the on the new thing, whether it's an app or a presidential candidate. I mean, yeah, I we have that at my job. It's 
Yeah. It it's a mattress. Literally, it's the new mattress that people would come in and spend five grand on and not even try it. Really? Yeah. Do a lot of people just come in and wear it, like just flat out buy a mattress without trying it? Yeah, the purple one. Oh. We get the sign up and people bought it okay. and side note. Have you laid on it? Yeah, I've laid on it, but is it good? I don't know. Okay. I mean like i I mean, but it's like it's the thing with those are you either love it or you hate it. And you talking about old timers not wanting to do anything or do change. We'll have uh, grown men that'll come in there and won't lay down. They're like it's I guess it's not manly. They won't lay down, That's and then funny. and then they buy a six grand mattress, and then Without we have and then we have to go exchange it because yeah. they didn't like it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the wife's like, "Why don't you lay down?" And I'm not laying down in front of all these people. You know? huh, that's interesting but i mean it's just like there's the new thing we literally got them in we sold so many of them and we returned half of them wow. you either love it or you hate it and it's just because it was the brand new thing nobody we didn't even at some point we didn't even have some of them in the store like for you to try and people were just like it's purple i've seen it on tv gotta get i'm it. getting it you yeah. know wow that's a whole nother episode yeah that's a whole nother yeah right there one of the things that i hope to do with this podcast is to to analyze something not from where we currently are, right? Not from the mess that we're currently sitting in or the baggage that we've been handed, but from what is the actual problem. So for instance, what does it mean to be healthy? Does that mean that we have the best health care in the world? Does that mean that when we're sick, we're fixed quickly? Or not getting sick in the first place. Right. Or, mm. or is the question... Not needing the treatments. Right. How can, you know, is is healthy, um, is it health care or is it food? Is it gym or is it not sitting for eight hours a day at a desk, right? And, I mean, we already see some of these movements in our culture with, like, standing desks and stuff. And Amarillo, we're pretty lucky that we don't have heavy traffic. Oh, just sitting in your car. But for how hours? many people sit in their car for hours? Oh, my goodness. To, oh, and that's another thing that remote work has really shifted, right? People have realized I don't have to sit in my car in traffic for two hours to sit at a desk for eight hours to sit in my car for two hours. Mm. You, you know what this whole thing is that just made me think of is we're going to have a bunch of office buildings in 10 years. That are not going to be yes, they, used I mean, or anything. Because, I mean, uh, when companies realize that oh, we can stay, let these people stay home, make the same money. We don't have to pay electricity. More money. Yeah. They're making more well, money. Well, I mean, yeah, especially, I don't see how people do traffic. Like, as much as I dislike my job, if I had to sit in that oh traffic for four hours, be terrible. I couldn't do it. How do you... Con- how do you but you think about the office building. So if people work from home, and then on top of that, more people are buying online... We're going to have a ton of empty buildings. I mean, look at our mall even. Well, it's one of those things like we're even going to have to reimagine what space means. Like what a physical space. Physical space. Like what is square footage? Like what is, you know, especially as we go more and more digital. But uh, to continue to hammer this out, uh, 115 years ago, how many gyms were there? Like gymnasiums, free weights treadmills stair climb you just had more active lifestyles right well they, and less they had labor food. they had labor yeah right so at we the end of mills and factories that most people worked at or if you were to get to your job how did you get there you, walked. you either walked or rode a horse mm, if you had the money 120 right? years ago right so yeah. that's what and I'm if saying. you had a horse you might have land you know what i'm saying and you might be a farmer and that's the easiest job probably Right. And it's still backbreaking. So, so technology created a new circumstance, and then technology, which is a mostly sedentary lifestyle. Well, okay, I don't want to just say technology because that's a very broad term, but I do think my philosophy towards most everything is that things are had the potential to be like equally good or equally bad, and I think technology. Or good and bad. I think that's what I meant to say. Like technology can do very, very good things and can do very, very bad things. As the like potential for good goes up, the potential for bad goes up. But so to go back to the story, right? We had these new technological advances, which actually has, I don't know, there's probably a lot of people that that, those advances have saved over the years, right? It was not all bad, but the the, uh, technological advancement ushered in a cultural change that once 
regimented was possibly bad or was possibly unhealthy. Or standardized. Standardized, yeah. right. So it, it created firefighters that instead of how do I fix this situation best, it created a situation where it was how do I check all of these boxes so when we start relying on the technology as opposed to our own critical thinking and using technology as a tool, then it becomes misplaced right. or bad. It, it becomes the ideology that we're chasing. So let's go back to the first principles on on that issue, on that problem. Does that make sense? Did I hash that out okay? Did I tie it back in? Um, Do you maybe. mean like go back to the issues like for to, health yeah to start a healthy lifestyle versus to just like fix the broken lifestyle that okay. you already have right so so much of so much of where i feel like the conversation over the past year has been it's not how do we fix the problem it's not preventative it's how do we exist within our current structure or current so even the flatten the curve concept the whole thing was we don't have the surge capacity to handle um, a thousand ICU patients at this time. So we have to make these systemic changes in order to not have the surge because we can't handle that because of the technology we currently have can't handle it. We have these we have these different problems within our system, but instead of going back to the problem, we're looking at just the system. That's kind of what I guess my point is is how much how much of the conversation over the past year has been how do we make the system work for us instead of how do we reimagine the system based off of the actual problem? Well, I think about that a lot, especially since 2020 with like the mental health, because there's been a lot of like push for more mental health. Right. And I, I mean, I can talk from my perspective, right. Staying at home with kids and I, have heard so many moms talk about how like lonely depressed like literally on antidepressants because they are so up, upset with their life upset with them themselves all of these things which is awful to think about and I think as a mom then you only feel worse because you love your kids and then you feel worse that you even feel that way in the first place like it's just a whole web of negative emotions then and it's so sad that and this is not me trying to like dog on medication medication has its place but it's sad that the answer is well we'll just put everyone on these antidepressants instead of figuring out why all these moms are so depressed in the first place what is it with I mean like I said I can only speak from my my group of people stay-at-home moms that's like why are stay-at-home moms so depressed. Well, see, and I think what's and I mean, what's interesting about 2020 is this isn't necessarily a problem that didn't exist. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, but I think staying home compounded it. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it was a stress test. Yeah, there's this, a lack of community, a lack of inclusion in society, and a lack the whole of village value. thing, you know? Yeah, it, it like takes back, a village. Back, we don't back have in it. the day when there wasn't school, you know? There was, I mean, unless I guess you lived on like a rural farm, wherever, you know, there was a whole village, you know, mm -hmm. your kid, you just let them out, you know, and it's not like you would, you would be outside too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now you're just home more. Yeah. And, and so more problems, more problems arise. So you have more pr time to feel, to think about it and fill your mind with those negative thoughts saying like, well, maybe I'm not a, as good of a mom, but I don't know. I mean, it seems like. Maybe the thing with that is it's more time makes you think about it more. Well, yeah, I think I think it stems from that. Um, and I don't mean to dive into this topic too much, but I know that, again, it's like, okay, um, I'm not out. I mean, we'll have a garden during summer, but I'm not out harvesting my own food. Mm -hmm. I'm not making my own clothes. I'm, You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing? And of course, raising children, but I think there was a lot more that kept people busy back back then. Survival well, and, and gave yeah. them gave them value. Sur survival. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, like, like yeah. I mean, like, you know, you guys have your garden and stuff, but you know that say say, say it stormed and froze everything, you could go to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. you know, like back in the day, if that if that froze, you're gonna have to rely on your neighbors 
and hope yeah. their stuff didn't. You and know? I think that is a huge thing. It's like, yeah, relying on your neighbors. I wish we could get back to that. Mm. And some people have that. I know I'm real jealous of one of my friends because she sounds like she has the best neighbors. It's like, oh, I want that. I want I want neighbors that like have a community. Yeah. You know, you all rely on each other. And but so in didn't that, mean to interrupt your Well, that's thought. that's kind of the same thought. I mean, the the next thing I had written down was how are we vulnerable? You know, that 2020 has been really good. And I think what was super interesting was the run on toilet paper. It kind of had everybody a little baffled. I stole toilet paper from work. Don't admit that publicly. I gave it to this 94-year-old lady named Betty. So. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that's okay. Yeah, I don't. I mean. Steal from the rich to give to the poor? Well, I mean, like, she didn't deserve that toilet paper. That was the hardest, biggest roll of toilet paper. I hope she never used it. I hope she. I hope someone else gave her some. But you know which ones I'm talking about. The oh, ones yeah. that are this big. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, it's only good for fire. It makes me think again of the stock market. Um, there's a guy that I follow and he always says like every every reaction in the stock market is an overreaction. So every move is drastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And every time that something is going to go high, it will, it'll level back out because that was an overreaction. Yeah. Every time it sells off, it'll eventually bounce back up because that was an overreaction. Right. People only know how to overreact. Right. Especially when money's involved. Yes. And it was so interesting. I I remember uh, I came home and told you about this, but it was really early in the pandemic and it was, you know, there was no toilet paper at this time and the um, grocery stores had started to mark aisles with arrows. So which way you could go down? So it was like, go this way, go this way, right? There was, there was... But did people do that? No one did it. <laughs> no one even noticed that there was arrows on the ground, which I thought was phenomenal because I was like, you know, the, it's this huge arrow. But there was a ton of people who I think genuinely did not see the arrows on the ground. If it's busy, maybe I And now understand. I don't know the efficacy of the arrows or at the time it was super, like, you- I, anytime I go to the grocery store, yeah. it's super slow i always go at odd times you know Mm. so it wasn't super packed but it was one of those moments where i like realized in the event of an emergency people cannot follow basic direct um i have always said that when it snows outside the minute it snows outside Mm. people are like lanes where turning signals stoplights Mm. forget it all because there's snow on the ground right it just all goes out the window immediately well the thing about the lines too is like I do it because they told me to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But there were times I'd walk down an aisle not even thinking. Because, oh, oh, no. And then, I, and and then, then I'd, I'd turn like, around. Yeah, I'd, yeah, that's exactly what I'd do. And, <laughs> and, and grab what I need on the way like, yeah. up while I'm backing up. Yeah. And there's a lot of debates around the pandemic and how it was handled and what was necessary, what was not necessary, what even made an impact. I mean, there's a lot. This, this is a conversation that's going to be going on for a lot of years. After oh, yeah. This, I mean, you know. We're never gonna change. But, I, mean, I mean, excuse me. Everything is gonna change. That's everything what already has. Yeah, changed. like it's and nothing's ever gonna be the same again. They're right. talking about kids having PTSD. You know. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, like, I remember Emmett because what was they shut down Mother's Day out? Yeah, I mean, so we had just gone down to the farm for spring break last year, mm-hmm. and the plan was to spend spring break at the farm, and then they said, "Okay, we're just gonna cancel the next week of school." two weeks you know of being out mm-hmm. um and we said oh well we're already at the farm we have no reason to go back now my school was canceled his school's canceled and we'll i was stay. already back here working mm-hmm. yeah so i was like we'll stay one more week and then after that it was like everything shut down and then even at that point with the fire department they didn't want people to go out of town so we were just at the farm for like a month yeah I remember. yeah and i was up here by myself and they were down there by themselves and we were all kind of wondering like like what, what the heck is going what on? What is going on? What's mm. happening? I mean, it was completely unprecedented in a lot of ways. But all this to say that this podcast, I don't think, is going to be super serious all the time. That's not really the goal. But I am hoping for this podcast to be a conversation starter. That I want this podcast to ask some of the deeper questions and try to reimagine the world that we're currently living in because I think culturally we're in a very unique circumstance where we are in a moment like Mike was just saying the world has changed right 
we're in a moment of flex, of change, of reimagining. Uh, new things can happen, right? There's there's not a whole lot of periods in time in history where new things happen. You got like they're so infrequent that we refer to them by the Enlightenment. You know, the we we, we refer to new movements, the new inventions as movements. Well, I mean, that's what you yeah, it's they're so they're considered movements. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. What, I, yeah. I don't think that makes them infrequent. I think that they take time. Yeah. Movements take time. Right. They We've take been and, in a movement. Yeah. They take time. But I'm saying, like, like we are in a current moment. We better get a cool name. Like what? Oh, Dash and I've talked about this. Like, what? When people look back on this hundred years from now, what will they call our era? Which, if anyone has any good thoughts on this, yeah, let that, us know. That like, can maybe we, be that a, can be a whole other podcast because we talked about that for a while. We like, did. What would we, we talked be? about it hardcore, and I still wonder if we're in the information age or we might be. We, I don't think we're in. The what information if we're in the disinformation age? Yes. What if they call that that the disinformation age? Well, because I mean, even look at like marketing. Sure, you can say there's information about like what great mattress there is. It's advertising and it's selling to. Blatant, con- yeah, I mean, yeah, right. just consumers. It's yeah. complete BS. So what? What is the goal of the information? Well, Do you know it, what I mean? It's like you see a medication on the on the on TV, and it's like, how many people does this medication work for? Affect yeah. right? But everybody sees the commercial. So it, it depends it, what they, you're well, they, Yeah, and then that's a whole other thing. Is you're like, if everybody's seeing this, this is a national campaign for what one percent of people in in the world exactly. in America. This company has so much money where they get to pay just to get 1%, and for half of that 1%, it won't work. And why do they want that 1%? Because they can make enough money off exactly. of them just to make that whole thing worth it. So it's almost like all this information that is given to us so much throughout the day is solely to take our money. So is it the disinformation age? I still think it's like the age of consumerism. And I think we can the come a- up with something cooler. Yeah, yeah. age of consumerism. I just though. still think that it's... That that defines right now our age is how much we buy things. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. That probably won't change until like Amazon crashes or something. Or Amazon's Jeff, just going to take over the world. I was about to say where Jeff Bezos takes over. Uh, Haven't you, you know, seen Wally? Dude, we saw Wally. We watched Wally for the, the first other time? Day. No, no, no. No, it was Emmett's first time watching yeah. it, but we watched it. But she's like, haha, how funny. <laughs> you <laughs> have no idea. Yeah. But it was funny because as I was watching it, I was like, it's oh, scary. Man, this oh, is, my gosh. This is Amazon. This Cuts is Amazon deep. taking scary. over. Have you guys but... seen the new Pixar movies? Some, uh, of, some of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, good. There's one more new one out. Is there? Have you seen Inside Out? Yeah. That one made me cry. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just what their job is to tear oh, us I down know. as adults. No, but they do a good job of like. I mean, Inside Out was like yeah. super profound and yeah. good for kids to watch. Even Wally, you know, Emma was asking about it because he, he, of course, had no idea what the movie was talking about, and he's asking. And it's like, well, I'm trying to explain to him, like, hey, I, I mean, in a way, a four year old can understand, but like, hey, this is why we throw our trash, or well. Not just our trash in the trash can, but like, this is why we be mindful of what trash we're even creating. Yeah. This is why we don't waste things. You know, this is why we be mindful of our surroundings, well, of our environment. It's, it's, it's a phenomenon, or however you want to, how you, it's weird to me of like how many people are just not conscious and courteous of that thing. You know, like, At all. I mean, like, even conscious of their own self, like, I eat out a lot and I know it's not good, but there's some people who do it. Every day, three meals a day, and never think about it. Yeah. Like I mean, like I definitely think about it afterwards and feel like shit and stuff. But like, you know, like you just don't even think about what you're doing. Well, and once you get in that that's, loop, that's what we've been conditioned. We have been conditioned. Well, yeah, told it, that that's normal. It's easier yeah. for me to go and spend twice the money on you know fast food than to go to the grocery store. Maybe it's we can normalized. call our age the age of convenience because everything's about Ooh, how easy it is convenient for us. Age. Don't like Wally. Don't even leave your chair because we'll bring it to you. Right. Oh yeah. Anything to make your life. Well, that's what's easier. so crazy is they're like the Spanish flu of was it nineteen? This is 1919, 1920. 1920? Yeah. Was it? Because every it's been like every hundred years that there's been a flu like that. If that was the last one, it was around nineteen nineteen so, nineteen twenty. So that one was super interesting because there wasn't an option of shutting the world down. 
in yeah, that 1918. Day. Yeah, 1918. Blasted from 1918 to 1920. So right after the Great well, War. Look at you, Mike. I'm the history so, part well, of it. Yeah, 19, 1918 to 1920. And we just lived through the most unprecedented. Hmm? How many people died in that? Said 500 million. Five, or it affected 500 million. Five, oh, hmm. it affected. Yeah, that didn't see. kill 500 million. It, okay, it infected 500 million people. I mean, I bet it killed more than half. Deaths, 17 to 100 million. 17 sure. to 100 uh. million. We just uh, mourned the 500,000th oh, death. What? And this says number of deaths is 50 million. I don't know. Somewhere around A bunch that. of people. Mm. A bunch of people. And they didn't shut the world down for that. But they you could, know? like you said, I they mean, couldn't. They couldn't. Yeah. And they actually, couldn't. actually, that's what they, I'm saying. That's they, what I'm saying is how, like, our age, we actually live in a state of quote unquote abundance. Mm hmm. To where they can say, you know what, just stay home for a year. Yeah. Don't leave your. There are some people that never left their house. Oh, I know. For I have a year. I have. Yeah, I have friends that did that, and their mental health doesn't seem well. But I mean, that I that is some kind of uh, and discipline. Now the, and now discipline. they're coming. Yeah. Like right on the heels of this, mm-hmm. they're gonna come out with a ton of VR stuff. And our, I just saw a uh, an ad for this like chest um, thing with like a pad that you can run on to where you can play shooting games, and you actually turn with it. And hmm. I mean, it's like a it's a augmented reality, yeah. not a virtual reality. Yeah. Well, I've aug- actually seen so there's these glasses I guess called like Vuzu. I think that's the company's name. And they're typically for, like, commercial uses. So if, like, people in their jobs, they can tell you the instructions on the screen as you're doing something. Or they said maybe even for, like, surgeons might use them. Like, if you're doing surgery, it'll have this information on the screen for you. So I saw that. I want the then, surgeon to know what they're doing to me. But what if it gave them more information? I mean, like I guess, blood pressure, heart rate. Okay. I mean, I guess, but you know what I mean? Sedation level. Then on the other hand, I saw that Facebook, I guess they've been talking about this for years, but they're actually going through with it. I didn't get the details, but they're talking about doing their own Facebook VR. Yeah. And they're doing the avatars, and they wanted the avatars to be as lifelike as possible and to mirror your own personality. It's like, mm. See, that's what I'm saying is it's it's weird that this, this uncanny on, on the heels of people that have literally not left their house, not left their house. And then we've covered up faces for a year, right? That they're going to bring in this new technology that is more lifelike, more real than real. And it's quote unquote safe. You don't even have to leave your house. You don't have to have a chance of getting infected, right? What TV show? Oh, I think is that, that movie uh, with Robert um, or with uh, Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis, yes. Oh, I surrogate. Actually, yes. I have never actually seen that. I was thinking of the uh, TV show Maniac. Like the one with oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Stone, Stone and Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was super good. But anyway, let's wrap this thing up. So I'm hopeful for the future. I don't want this podcast to seem like it's going to be a Debbie Downer of a podcast. Not a Debbie Downer. Obviously not because Dexter keeps burping, so it must not be that serious. Sorry, everybody. I mean, it's bodily functions, right? Until we get rid of our bodies, I'm going to have to deal with some of this stuff. Yes, Shannon. I heard you fart earlier, so chill out. I did not. (laughs) It's on record she farted. Sure you did. (laughs) Um, So I'm hopeful. I believe that the old system must crumble for a new era to start. Watch Westworld. Watch Westworld. Watch Westworld. Hey, <laughs> Mr. Robot. So one of the other big things that I wanted to you get out. You have never even finished it. That I wanted to get out in this first episode is that we have to resist the temptation to buy into overarching narratives which reduce humans into ideologies. We have to maintain our humanity, right? And so that's one of the things that I want this podcast to like reinforces that we are not what the world says we are and i think we're together like i think we keep viewing each other as enemies it's like no we're all like on the same side here we may not know it or acknowledge it but people are your friends the one thing we share is our humanity so anyway give us a follow on instagram you can follow me at the d program on instagram Shannon, what's your hook? Um, I think mine is a Shan Curly with two ends. I'll throw a link. Mike, I'll throw a link to your Instagram at the bottom. Okay, well, I mean, I'm right here. It's uh, uh, 
Okay, yeah. Never mind. I think it's Mike underscore K underscore Brim. Yeah, that's cool. it. So uh, I'll throw some links in the bottom. Hop on to Reddit. Check out the D program. The D, letter D underscore program on Reddit. I've got a subreddit there. We're going to try to continue the conversation. Uh, you can put out topics that you maybe want us to talk yeah, about. Yeah, or what you liked or didn't like. Or what, what you, you liked or didn't like. Or... If I was burping in the mic too much. Please let us know if Dexter or was burping just the burping much. got brought up too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if the, exactly. Shannon rolled her you eyes. You brought it up I, more than anybody. Me? Yes, since, yes, since we restarted, you brought it up. Yeah. I was trying to move the mic away. Why did we have to restart? I dropped a bunch of stuff. Do you want to you wanna go into this right now, Shannon? No, this, this is a great cast. This is a great first episode. I have a great night. Please come back. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so some of the ways you can support the podcast is check out the website. I got a link in the bottom. Uh, tell a friend if you think somebody might like this show. Share it wherever you share your stuff. And if, uh, I guess I've already said that. Uh, if you have a topic or concept you want us to talk about or engage with, you can uh, shoot us an email or just hop on the Reddit. That's probably the better place to do it, is the Reddit. So, uh, anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I think this is going to be a lot longer than we intended for it to be, but that's because my co-host would not shut up. Hey, we will get better Next time we'll we get better. Yep, this is the first episode. We're practicing. This is new equipment. Yeah, I'm not We're the just... co-host either, so he's just talking about his wife. I say co-hosts. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I guess I'll be back next time, guys. Okay, see you then. You just got promoted. Yes. Anywho, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I hope you join us on this ride. I think it's going to be fun, and uh, we'll get better. So, until next time, peace out. Love you. Bye.